Good evening, High Desert Word Center. Welcome to Wednesday night service. It is great to see everybody tonight. Let's go ahead and make our way into the sanctuary this evening. We are going to get things started. Praise the Lord. What a great night to be together in the house of God. Amen. With the people of God. Let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We are going to open things up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America and we walk by faith and we're believing that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. Let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. Well, we are going to get into some announcements uh, for the evening. Praise God. Got some great things going on. A few reminders. Again, we're taking the first few weeks of the new year uh, to kind of implement some uh, house changing rules, some housekeeping rules. And so I remind you again that we're asking no food or drink other than water or your communion in the sanctuary. Uh, we're trying to keep the carpets. We just got them cleaned and we would like for them to stay that way at least for a little while. How many parents, you clean your house, and then you go back in that room, and it looks worse than before? Amen? Hey, that's not fun, is it? So let's not do that here. Amen. And then um, also, we're just uh, working on um, not sitting in the coffee bar during service, unless you have a legitimate need. Maybe you need some assistance or, uh, you know, nursing a baby or receiving some healing, something like that. But, you know, uh, other than that, let's all sit together in the sanctuary like one big, happy, cozy family. Come on, everybody. Everybody. Do you feel the love? Amen. All right. Very, very good. And then um, Miss Desiree has asked me, uh, if you did not get a chance to fill out one of the family information forms on Sunday, um, we're trying to update everyone's information in our software. And so uh, those in family information forms are at the info booth. Jesse Garcia, the man himself, is holding them there. Uh, if you didn't get a chance, could you fill one out and hand it to one of the ushers? That way we can make sure we've got everybody's updated names, address birthdays, anniversaries, all that fun stuff, all right? Praise God. Okay, let's get into some announcements here. Young Adults is coming up on January the 25th. Everybody, we're excited. And so this is for ages 18 into the 20s, and um, we're going to be meeting Thursday the 25th, 7 p.m. at Jesse Winston's house. And so we'll get that address out to you, uh, but we're going to get together, have a great time of studying the Word, and and encouraging each other. So we are very excited for this group. And a lot of these uh, in this age group are very fired up for the Lord. And so it's going to be great. All right. And then Financial Peace University is coming up. And my goodness, there's a lot of people signed up for this. Uh, so FPU, Financial Peace University, is uh, our financial course through Dave Ramsey, one of the most renowned and respected financial advisors in the United States, but he's a Christian man, and he is, uh, this course shows you how to do your finances God's way, how to make a budget, how to even invest and handle a lot of other things, so it is an excellent course. It is uh, starting this Sunday uh, from, at, from 5.30 uh, to 7, okay, during the Sunday p.m. service. If you're going to register, hdwc.org slash f PU. Amen. That is going to be great. And then another wonderful thing, one of our favorite things is this, one, is passing out sign-up sheets. That's what we love. That's We're really good at it, too. I found out that we are very good at passing things around. I don't know. It's a, it's a talent. But uh, but what this one is, is 
baby dedications are coming up on the last Sunday of the month, January the 28th at the 10 a.m. service. We are doing baby dedications. And so uh, if you have your baby, your child, if you want to be dedicated to the Lord, uh, then sign up on there and we will take care of that. That's a great chance to invite your whole family to church to celebrate that occasion with you. And then... Uh, last but not least, we have Married's Night coming up for all the married couples. Uh, that's going to be Friday, February 2nd at 6.30. Friday, February 2nd at 6.30 in Victory Hall. Child care is provided. Uh, so, hey, listen, you're pretty much getting a free date out of this. I would, men, heads up, take advantage of this, okay? You need these points. You know that you need these points, all right? So, uh, 6.30, child care is provided. It's going to be a pitch-in style dinner with Italian food as the menu. So, we'll be reminding you of this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but again, married tonight is Friday, February 2nd. Amen. All right. Well, I believe that's all the announcements for tonight. So who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it is happy time. And you're like, well, what's that? Well, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. And so we get excited when we get a chance to give. If you need an, uh, an envelope for your tithes or your offerings, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. We're going to open our Bibles to Malachi chapter 3, everybody. Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to be in the NLT here. Malachi chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 10. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And you're probably familiar with this passage if you've been in church very long. But there's something very unique that we need to point out here in one of these verses. So Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to look starting at verse 8. And it says, should people cheat God? Well, I'll let you answer that question. Would it be a good idea to cheat or to rob God Almighty? I, I think that I don't want to do that to anybody, but that, I think it's a very bad idea to do it to God himself. And so the Lord says, yeah, you have cheated me. But you ask, well, hey, wait, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. And then it goes on to say, you're under a curse for the whole nation's been cheating me. But look at verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food or provision in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. Say amen, somebody. That's good news right there. And so notice there back there in verse 8, he says that, 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 he, that he, he makes a difference between tithes and offerings. And there seems to be confusion with many people thinking that it's just all one lump thing. Well, God says there's tithes, and that has been established way back in the book of Genesis as 10% of what we've been blessed with. And so tithe equals 10%. And then he mentions here that there's tithes and offerings. And so I encourage us tonight to know the difference between the two. The, the offering, according to 2 Corinthians 9, is whatever we choose to give. That can be whatever you want to give. That's fine. That's an offering. And then the tithe is what God chose for us in the beginning. Amen. The 10%. But here's the good news. When we obey him in this, have you realized that everything God asks you to do, it's for your benefit? He never asks you to do something just so he can make your life Life worse and harder? No. He always does it to make our life better. And so when we obey him in this, right there in verse 10, he says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Amen. He says, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't even have enough room to take it all in. And then he says, try it. Put me to the test. This is literally one of the only places in scripture where God virtually says, I dare you to do this. Amen. And so as we do it, we get excited and just know this, that the windows of heaven are open on your life. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to speak some words of faith over our giving. Amen. We do everything by faith. So let's speak these words of faith here, and then we're going to get into some worship tonight and get into the Word of God here in just a few minutes. Let's go. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive 
jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us at the altar after you drop off your offering, and let's just worship the Lord together for a few minutes. I give you my attention on my focus. I'm pushing off the limits in this moment. I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. I'm looking at these dry bones. You're reviving the faith inside of my
time again when you delivered us time and time again when you set us free lord when you made a way when there was no way and so lord we trust you we trust you we believe you father when you tell us something and lord i pray tonight that as we get into your word lord as we open our bibles and study the word of god that you will speak to each one of us may we have soft hearts to receive the seed of the word of god and we know lord that it will produce a harvest in our lives that will change us forever we love you and we praise you in jesus mighty name thank you lord amen Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise tonight. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. 
All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word of God tonight. Uh, the kids can be dismissed to their classes, all right? So uh, any of the uh, second through fifth graders there, I think it is, can be dismissed with their teachers to the lobby back there, and then uh, they're going to uh, head over to class. Amen. All right, well, we're going to get into the Word of God tonight, and I'm a little bummed because I had a, I had a wonderful PowerPoint, and uh, somehow it got deleted. So I know. Now listen, we're going to have to really go old school here, take our own notes, uh, you know, just follow along the best we can. Who thinks that we're capable of doing this even without, okay, you have more confidence than I do. I love you guys so much. No, I'm kidding. We can do this. So uh, the title tonight is this, the title is this, I don't care. That's the title. I don't care. I simply do not care. And so we're going to get into this, but uh, that's the title. I don't care. And the opening verse for all of this is 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to be in the New King James um, for the rest of the evening as far as I know. So 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, and we're talking about cares, cares, worries, anxieties, stress, burdens. Have you ever heard of any of these things? And so uh, we're going to look at an opening verse here in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, and then you will find out why I just do not care. All right. So 1 Peter 5, and we're going to look here at verse 7, and uh, this, is a, this is a really good chapter of the Bible right here, but we're going to look at this one verse, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, and it tells us this in the New King James. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Just for kicks, the NLT says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now, this verse right here, it tells us to cast, to toss, to throw, to give our cares to God. And it's ironic that in this same verse, the word care appears twice. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deep on you here for just a minute, so stick with me. This same word care appears in the exact same short verse twice. Now, in English, because we just seem to not be a very descriptive language, especially compared to something like Greek, uh, we just we use the same word for a whole lot of things. Have you noticed that? that we just will take one word and give it 15 different meanings. Well, Greek was a very, uh, very deep and broad language. And so these are two totally different words, uh, yet they seem to say the same thing here to us in English. And so uh, and, and you would have loved the PowerPoint. I, I had the actual Greek spelling and everything. It was just beautiful. You would have loved it. I thought I was going to really impress people. I actually just copy and pasted, but it was cool. It looked like I was really smart. Uh, but anyway, and so, but the, the, the first Greek word we see here where it says for you to get rid of your care, uh, th this, this Greek word is called merima, and it, it, it literally means your worries and anxieties. And so it says right here, Give your worries and anxieties to literally cast them onto the Lord for he cares about you. But it, that, that, that next time it says cares, totally different word. And this Greek word is pronounced mellow, like mellow yellow, but slightly, you know, different. And so mellow. And this word means uh, uh, to, to be of interest. And so what's this saying? It says, give your anxieties and worries and burdens and stresses to God. Toss them to him because he is interested in your life. He is watching over your life personally. And I love that about God, that out of 7 billion people on the planet, a lot of them hate him, a lot of them love him, a lot of them at least acknowledge him. But out of all these 7 billion people that we have, he is good enough and loving enough to individually watch over each one of these lives. And, 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 and here's the deal. When you invite him into your life and you give God access to you, 
That's a big deal. That really begins to change everything. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at several verses that are going to use uh, some synonymous words, maybe care, worry, burden, anxiety. And these words are all pretty much synonymous uh, with each other. Uh, even depending on the translation you look at, one translation may just use the exact same word, but different. So we're going to look at this, but the bottom line is the Bible told me to cast my care, give my care to God. And so listen, I don't care. I cast. Amen. It sounded good in my head. I don't care. (laughs) Help me out here. I don't care. I cast it onto God, man. And I let him handle it. Hallelujah. All right. And so we're going to talk about two things tonight, two points that we're going to get into. And this first one may sound offensive or harsh, but I will explain it in detail. Number one, worry can be a sin. Worry can be a sin. Now, this sounds harsh because all of us are facing different things. And I'll say this, momentary worry or fright or startle, you know, that's one thing, right? But to live in prolonged states of worry, to live a lifestyle of worry can cross in to sin. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three, three reasons why, okay? A, all right, so we're under point number one. I'm very, I'm a stickler to outlines. So anyway, if you're in my mind right now, you know what I'm thinking. (laughs) But letter A under point number one, why would sin or why would worry become a sin? Well, A, God commands us not to worry. That's a fair enough reason right there. God commands us not to worry. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. And we're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Now, again, this sounds like a harsh thing to say, especially to somebody that's maybe full of worry and stress, because I have been there, okay? I have been uh, stressed out to the max before, anxiety, uh, worry, cares, burdens. And, uh, and I know all of you guys have too. I, we, we're, we have been through some things, haven't we? Amen? Life has not always just been, uh, you know, a cakewalk for all of us. But that's okay, uh, because when I have got a deeper understanding of how dangerous worry and anxiety and stress is, man, it'll straight kill you if you don't do something about this. And that's the truth of the matter. Stress is, I mean, I, I should have looked it up, but I, a while back I shared this, but, um, but stress is the equivalent to your body as, I mean, I forget what it was, but smoking so many packs of cigarettes a day or something like that. I mean, it's just as bad, if not worse, to live in a continual state of stress. All right, so Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And this is, you're familiar with one of these verses because most of you know uh, Matthew 6, 33. But let's go back to verse 25 here, New King James. Check this out. Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And I'll tell you tonight, we love animals. Well, some of us do. And your life is worth more than the life of a bird or any other animal. Why? Because you're a human being created in the image of God. I, you know, love animals, but they're not created in the image of God. You are. You are three-part just like God. Amen. You got a spirit that's eternal. Your life is very, very valuable, more so than you'll ever even know. Let's go on to verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Why? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. So what he's saying is grass out in the field is temporary. It's here, then you can just get rid of it. Will he not much more clothe you? 
O you of little faith? Wow. Verse 31, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, in this passage that we just looked at, the word worry is mentioned six times. But more importantly, he explicitly says, you can go count it yourself, three times he straight up says, do not worry. Do not worry. And we also know that the Bible literally hundreds of times, some people throw out the 365 times. I've never personally counted, but I know it's a lot. And so the Bible says hundreds of times, fear not. Or Jesus said, don't be afraid. And so just a question for you. When Jesus says to not do something, Yet we keep doing what he said to not do. What, what do we call that? Sin. Thank you. Yeah, we call that sin. Or, you know, disobedience or rebellion. And I know that, again, that sounds so mean, but this helped me break free from worry and anxiety and stress and depression and fear. All right? And so I'm telling you right now, Jesus said in this one small little passage three times, do not worry. And we could do a broader study in scripture and find literally hundreds of times where we are commanded, fear not, don't worry, do not be afraid. Hundreds of times. It's a very big deal to Jesus. And that brings me to B, letter B. Another reason it's sinful is because it is doubting God. Worry and cares. When untended to, all right, I get it. We all get a little thing happen, but when we just let this run rampant in our life, we begin to doubt God. Well, that's not a sin. Mm-hmm. It is. And so, in fact, what did you, look at verse 30 there. Well, it was up there a minute ago. What did Jesus say to these guys? He said, oh, ye of little faith. That was not a compliment. That wasn't like, oh, you cute little guy, little faith. <laughs> no, that was like, this is bad. You have a little tiny bit of faith. You should trust me. He said, listen, if God can make the flowers look beautiful that are just here today, they can get mowed down in one day. Don't you think that God could take care of your clothing? If God could feed the birds of the air, don't you think he could feed you and your kids? He said, well, don't worry about these things. God's got it. And so when we're looking at this, uh, yes, Unattended to worry and cares, uh, if we do not cast them on the Lord, they lead us to begin doubting the word of our Father. And so when God in his word has promised us something and we consistently doubt it, would you say that that's pretty insulting to him? What if every time you told your kids something, they're like, I doubt that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, after a while, I'd be like, what have I done to you? Like, I've given you a house, clothing, uh, you know, video games, talkies, everything you could dream of, child. And here we are, and yet you still doubt me? And so that absolutely, that begins to hurt your feelings. And so what we have here is a loving father that has told us things. God's promised you things. He has written them down in a book that has become the best-selling book of all time and published it and everything else. It's in the writing. He's told you in your heart. God has promised you things. It's a really big deal. And yet, when we're up against something, we're still like, oh, I, just, I don't, wow, I don't know what in the world we're going to do. And the father's saying, dude, come on, man. I told you what we're going to do. Trust me. And it's insulting to him when we doubt his word. His word should be good enough for you. Do you know somebody that's very, very honest and you can just count on them to do what they said they're going to do? I know people like this. I know people that 
say they're going to do something, and I can pretty much guarantee, like, oh, man, now I'm going to have to do that because I know they're not going to. Great. And then there's other people that will say, hey, I got this. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, oh, good. Now I don't have to worry about that or think twice about it. I can just move on because I can take them at their word. What about God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that gave you the breath that is in your lungs, that has brought you through every bad thing you've ever come against? What if he says, hey, you are more than a conqueror. We are going to make it through this. When you come to rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you come to the fire, it will not consume you. I won't let these things happen to you. When he says this to you, we ought to be able to say, you know what? I don't see it, but I can take you at your word because you always come through for me. Amen. If you have to see it to believe it, it's not faith. So well, everything we're talking about right here is going to come back to faith. How do I cast my cares on the Lord? Well, I'm going to have to trust that he can handle the problem better than I can anyway. And so I'm just going to have to put it in his hands and leave it in his hands. And so I think we all get it that sometimes the things God promised don't happen instantly or right exactly when I want it to happen. You know, sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's not. But they do always happen. His word does always come true in my life when I trust him and I believe it. Now, call me crazy, but one of my favorite things to do as a family is to take a good, long road trip. And I know some people are terrified of that, but, dude, I'm, I'll go. Then put them in the van. Let's go a couple thousand miles and just see what happens. I love it. I love road trips. Um, but one of the hard things is the kids always, they're always wanting to stop for something. You know, like, hey, I saw a rock back there. Can we turn around? Like, no, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, but, you know, maybe along the, along the trip, I'll promise them, okay, hey, guys, we're going to stop for lunch. I will feed you. I will not let you starve. Amen. I will not leave you, forsake you. I will not let you starve. And so what do they think? Like, boom, they see a McDonald's like, there it is. That's lunch. Let's go right now. And uh, they think that instantly we're just going to stop at the very first thing that we come across. And but what if I already know that there's real food two exits up? Not, not insulting McDonald's. OK, <laughs> I'm a borderline. But, you know, but like, but so, so what's going to happen? They're going to start saying, hey, you promised to feed us. I'm dying back here, man. And they're going to start being all dramatic and extra and all this stuff. Right? Come on. You've been there. And so the kids are going crazy. You said you loved us, man. And they're, they're saying all this dumb stuff. Well, little do they know the reason that I am delaying the food is because, listen, I've got something better than a McChicken on my, on my menu here, right? What if, okay, what if we delay the McNuggets and whatever else for a nice steak to exits up? Come on, right? Amen. You can, so sometimes we're like, God, you said, but here I am and it didn't happen yet. So what about that? Well, what if uh, there's a little bit of a divine delay in your life and maybe you should just quit doubting God and his goodness and how wonderful he's been to you. And you should say, you know what? Hey, yeah, something better must be cooking because it's taking a minute. So I mean, something really good's about to happen. Thanks, Dave. All right. So, uh, Dave McNeil, you always come through. All right. So um, I want to look for a minute at Jesus, what he really called his most important parable. He said, if you can understand this one, then you can just understand all the rest of them. I want to turn over tonight to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and uh, this is the parable of the farmer planting seed, or the King James puts it, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So Mark chapter 4, and we're going to end up looking at verses 18 and 19 here, but um, I'm going to give you a brief recap of this parable or this story because it's, it's a pretty lengthy one. But in this passage... Jesus tells a story about a farmer that goes out and scatters seed, all right? And so imagine, I don't know if you've seen farming from way back then, but he's just got a bag, you know, that he's carrying full of seed. He's just grabbing it out and sowing the seed, just spreading it, you know, spreading it. 
and uh, the seed falls on various types of soil. And as you're reading this in the beginning of Mark 4, some of the seed fell on the footpath, the walking path where people are, you know, walking. Some fell on really shallow soil. Some fell on rocky soil. Some fell amongst thorns. And finally, there was a percentage of the seed that fell on good soil, soft soil that was fertile and, and ready to receive the seed. And so uh, this good soil, this, this seed actually produced a crop and a harvest. And so Jesus explains that, that the seed that the farmer is throwing out is the word of God. All right, just like we're doing tonight. I'm reading the Bible, throwing out seeds here, okay? And then he says that the soil represents the different types of hearts, okay? The exact same seed, there's no difference in the seed. It all comes down to the heart that is receiving the seed. And so some of the, hard, uh, some of the hearts were very hardened, and so the seed just kind of bounced off. Some were very shallow and vain and, uh, you know, just whatever. And so uh, they produced a very quick little crop, but as soon as the sun came out, it scorched it and it was gone. And then I want you to see here, though, uh, at, at one particular uh, uh, soil, and this is Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And we are going to find a key word uh, right here in this verse. Okay, so Mark 4, uh, verse 18, it says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Okay, so they, they, they heard the word. Oh, they got that going for them. But look at the next verse. And the what? Cares. The cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. These people cared about the world. They, they, they were deceived and thinking that if they could just get riches, that it would all be okay. And the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, just for good measure, I looked this word cares up in the Greek, okay? Look it up. I did the homework for you. The exact same word as 1 Peter 5, 7. Very same word. Uh, did I write it down again? Okay. I'm going to marry him not. All right. I'm totally butchering that, but that's how it's spelled. So the exact same word that Jesus said, hey, cast these on the Lord. Get rid of these. Right here in this passage, he said, these things represent somebody with a heart full of thorns amongst the thorns. And so the seed gets in there and maybe sprouts up a little bit, but it just gets choked out really quick because it's so wrapped up in this world. Ooh, can you imagine that? And it says it, it just becomes unfruitful. And, and so that, that's always amazes me knowing that even in a, a situation like this, a room like this, we're throwing the seed out there and, and one person could have a very uh, um, receptive, soft heart before the Lord. And that seed, these Bible verses just land right there and it just does something to them. And it, it, and, and it starts to change their life. There begins to be a, a harvest of blessings coming out because that seed landed. The person sitting six inches away could have got the exact same seed, but their heart is hard or you know, cold or shallow or uh, maybe full of thorns right here. And so that seed, same seed landed, all right, same seeds, but it doesn't do anything at all, nothing at all. And so when we read this story, I know this much, the problem is never the seed, okay? It's not the seed because uh, the, 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 it tells us that the word of God is the incorruptible seed, okay? This is perfect seed, the, the, the problem is never right here. Now, maybe the problem could be on, on the end of the farmer throwing the seed. Could be. I'll, you know, I'll take that. But I have found that most often the problem is on the receiving end, on the, the, the soil end, on the heart end of things. And so 
The Bible takes it very, very seriously when it tells us to get rid of those cares, give them to God. He knows what to do with them, and it can actually lead to sin in our life. Uh, and, and we can begin to doubt the promises of God. Letter C, under point number one, letter C, worry opens the door to the devil in your life. You want to let the devil come on in, you just, hey, you worry about anything and everything, and believe me, he will find a way to make it happen. <laughs> worry opens the door to the devil. Are you familiar with the story of Job? Story of Job? All right, I'm going to quote a verse out of there real quick, unless you can turn fast, because I want to cover all this. But Job 3.25, in Job 3.25, um, he says something very interesting. So Job, all right, another quick recap. Uh, Job, rich man, successful man, good life. Tons of bad things begin happening to him, and he pretty much loses everything. And if you read chapter 1, you see that it was because the devil was allowed for a season to come in and rattle his world in a bad way. But he says something in Job 3.25 that is a key to understanding his story. He says this, For the thing I greatly feared, the thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. And so, apparently Job had always had this fear of these different things happen. He had always, by his own admission, we're not putting words in the man's mouth, he spoke these out. He said, the thing that I have greatly feared, the, the things that I have dreaded happening have finally happened to me. Think about that. He'd always been afraid of these things, and it happened. And so I'm telling you tonight that if we are just constantly full of stress and worry and anxiety, what if this happens? What if this uh, It's going to happen someday. It's going to happen someday. I just know this is going to happen. Hey, you're going to be like Job. The thing that I always feared finally happened to me. I heard a story about a husband and wife for several years. This woman had been having trouble going to sleep at night because she was always afraid that a burglar was gonna get into the house. She, and, and she sp every night, it's gonna happen one of these days, I just know it. Well, one night, her husband heard a noise in the house and he goes downstairs to investigate. And when he got there, he literally, sure enough, found a burglar, someone robbing their house. And so he walks up to the man and says, good evening, I am so pleased to see you. Can you come upstairs and meet my wife? She's been waiting on for 10 years to meet you. Amen. And so come on up. She's been waiting on you this whole time. And so I'm just telling you that when we dwell and, and, and really worry can be a twisted sense of faith. Why? Because you're believing in the unseen. You're just believing in a bad unseen. God's type of faith is believing for the good to happen even when you can't see it. But doubt and worry and fear, you're believing in something uh, that is unseen at this point, but you're, some people, man, they're, they cling pretty tightly to their belief in the negative, and hey, you believe for it, some incredibly big things can happen in your life. Unfortunately, they can be bad things, and so Jesus says, hey, just cast it on me. Do not worry. Don't worry about it. Give it to me. Let me handle it. All right? So point number two tonight is this. Number two, cast your cares upon the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord. And so again, we'll just quote it. We read it right off the bat. First Peter 5, 7, we're told, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now I want to look at a verse in the Old Testament, Psalm 55, verse 22. Psalm 55, verse 22. Are we learning anything tonight? Psalm 55 and verse 22. Psalm 55, verse 22. And so this is really a uh, very close Old Testament reference to what Peter said, very similar to what Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, but uh, I want you to see this, Psalm 55 and verse 22, it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you, he shall never permit 
the righteous to be moved. And the NLT says he will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And so we're told right here to, there it is again, cast the burden on to the Lord. And so both of these verses say to cast it on him. Uh, what does this mean? How do we do this? Well, I was reading uh, the Kenneth Copeland devotion this week, and he was talking about these verses uh, right here, and he put it this way. I love this illustration. He said, let's say you were standing about 20 feet away from me, and I tossed my car keys to you. Well, if someone were to come up and say, hey, I, I need the keys to your car. I, I need to use it. Well, I would have to say, I can't help you. I don't have the keys. I casted them to that guy over there. You want the keys to the car? They're going to be over there. You're going to have to go see that guy right over there. And that's what we are supposed to do with our worries. We need to cast them on the Lord, toss them over to him, and not take them back. And so, check it out. If Satan brings a worried thought to your mind, saying things like, well, what if this terrible thing happens? Then what do you do? You say, hey, go, go talk to God, man. I gave that over to him. I don't even have it anymore. Amen? So he's going to, and he will. He'll come and say, hey, what if this happens? Aren't you worried about this? Say, I used to be. I gave it to God. If you want to discuss that matter, go talk to him. I cast that care upon God. It's in his hands now. Amen. And so once we do that, you'll start to see some changes taking place in your life. Problems you've been fretting about for years will start to be solved. And you're no longer going to be tying God's hands with worry and doubt. Because worry and doubt will tie God's hands. His power can begin to operate in your life because now you are in faith. Now, as we look at that verse, it's important to note here that in, in both of these verses, you are told that you have to be the one to cast the cares on the Lord. It says, you, casting your cares upon the Lord. It doesn't say that God's going to come down here, get you in a chokehold and say, give them over. Come on, give them over. Come on. You know, prying them out of the death grip on your hands. He won't do that. You want to hold on to him. You got every right to do that and he will let you. And so, what is this? This is a very intentional and disciplined effort on the part of the Christian to say, I am giving these to you and I do not want them back. That takes being very, very intentional in your life. And so, what do you do when you cast the care on the Lord? You replace it with the word of God. Amen? And you are responsible, believe it or not, for taking control of your thoughts. Not a popular thing to say. Well, I can't help what I think. Okay, all right. Listen, I love the best example I've heard about this is from Kenneth Hagin, and I tell this all the time. But Kenneth Hagin said it this way, all right? He said, I can't, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. All right? And so, yeah, maybe you can't help that Sometimes fearful or negative thoughts come swirling around. You can help, though, if you're going to let them take up residence in your mind and live rent-free in your head and torture you. You can help that. I've proven this in my life, that negative, bad, fearful thoughts try to come to me, and I have proven the Word of God in my life that I can resist them and put a stop to them. Well, how? All right. Well, if you've been here a while, you've heard this teaching too, but I'll tell you again that you cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. You're not going to outthink the devil, but you can fight thoughts with the word of God coming out of your mouth. And so scripture after scripture in the New Testament tells us to speak the word out of our mouth. Paul said it in Romans 10. He said, this is the word of faith which we preach, that the word is nigh thee even in thy heart and in thy mouth. This is the word of faith that we preach. And so whenever negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, depression thoughts come to me, listen, if I try to just sit there and, and outthink the devil, the mind is the devil's playground. He will bully you there all day long, steal your lunch bag and pop it and push you, okay? Listen, he's really good at this. He's very, very good in this area. But where he cannot 
when is when I begin to speak the word of God. He can't handle that. And it does work. I promise you this works. How do I know? Because I am a client, okay? This works. I use the product. This works. And so whenever fearful, bad thoughts come to me, yeah, this is probably going to happen. I say, absolutely not. There's no way because my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Or, you know, man, this has happened. You all are probably going to get sick and whatever. I say, no, man, Matthew 8.17. Jesus took my sickness and removed my disease. No, it's not happening. Amen. Or he comes and says, hey, you know, this is going to happen with your kids. You just, I would say, no, 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 no. All of my children are taught of the Lord and great is their peace. Amen. And so you speak the word of God out when he tries to attack you in your thoughts. This absolutely works in our lives. Are you getting anything out of this tonight? Amen. And so um, I, I heard a guy, I was, a guy said this, this is a really interesting uh, way to handle this type of thing. But he said, to act out the principle of turning our cares over to God, my family took a paper bag, just wrote the name God on it, and taped it up high on the back of our kitchen door. And as I prayed about matters in life, or my wife prayed about matters such as family problems or other problems, we would write down the concern on a piece of paper. Then we would put that paper in the paper bag, all right? And so they wrote the worry down there. They already prayed about it, and they put it in the paper bag. And here was the rule. If you decided to start entering into the realm of worry and stress about the thing that you already gave to God, they had to get on a chair in front of the family and go fish it back out of the bag and, and take possession of it again and put it back in their pocket. Well, this guy said that it was so embarrassing for any of the family to keep doing this that they finally decided, you know what, we're just going to trust God. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. I'm not taking this back into my possession. Amen. And I was like, yeah, that's, 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 that's a pretty good idea, really. You know, that's interesting. And so that's a great analogy that when you give it to God, just give it to him and leave it in his hands. I promise you the devil will come back in a few minutes and say, hey, remember this, huh? What are you going to do? No, I don't remember that. I gave it to God. You're going to have to go talk to him. Or you're going to speak the word of God out of your mouth. So choosing to say, I don't care. I cast my cares upon the Lord. This is a choice. It takes discipline. And I'm telling you, people don't like discipline, but discipline will change your life and make you an awesome person. And so if you're willing to be disciplined to get into physical shape or whatever the case is, or to get healthy or get really good at something, spiritual discipline, whoo, it'll change your life. Well, that sounds like it takes some effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Okay, anyone? I mean, I just, I, it's, okay, that's what I do. I want, to be a, I want to be a disciple. But if you want to be a disciple, what's one of the key parts of the word disciple? Dis there it is, okay? And so I'm telling you, you want to be a disciple because it'd be cool to be used by Jesus. It'd be cool to travel around with Jesus and, and see people healed and, and people delivered and walking on water. It'd be cool to see all that. Okay, yeah, it would, absolutely. And you can see miraculous things in your life, but you're going to have to choose to do some of these things. Cast it on God, amen. Let him have it and trust that he can handle it better than you can handle it. Amen? All right, we're going to call it quits there tonight. Praise the Lord. You can stand on up this evening. Praise the Lord. And have Pastor Josh come on up and lead us in a little bit of worship here. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you are here tonight and you need prayer for anything, I know we just discussed in depth here some, uh, you know, pretty serious stuff. But if you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this evening. 
And if you need prayer tonight, we would love to be in agreement with you. And maybe, uh, you know, you're you know, not where even, even where you need to come up and, and get prayer, but maybe you just need to right where you're at, cast your care upon the Lord and give it over to him. You can do that right where you're at this evening if you need to. Amen. Well, Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship for a few minutes. If you need prayer, come on up. And if not, you just worship the Lord where you're at. Amen. I am holding on to faith Because I know you'll make a way I don't always understand I don't always get to see But I will believe in I will believe in Because you make my
this evening. We trust that everybody has been blessed by the word of God. The seed has been sown, amen. And so I pray that we've had soft hearts to receive the seed of God's word and let his word do what it sent forth to do. We're gonna close in prayer, do our Barstow Faith Confession. We need a couple of good, strong men to help the ushers out. How many? A bunch of good, strong men. Hey, I see a full crowd of them here. We're in good shape, brother. All right. All right. If you are a good, strong man, if you are handsome, come on up in a few minutes. And uh, we've got a special little project that'll take just a few minutes. But anyway, we would really appreciate it. All right. Let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. Let's raise our hands tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. We thank you uh, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, you are so good. You said that we could just give these cares to you, just toss them over to you. Why? Because you actually care for us, Lord. You actually are watching over us and making sure that we don't slip and fall, just as we saw in Isaiah 55. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that we will be doers of this word. We aren't just going to sit in here and say, yeah, amen, but we're going to do what you told us to do tonight. And I thank you that we are growing stronger and stronger every single day. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can everyone say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow and then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend.